Welcome to the Boho News Podcast. Here, we share the latest news, comments and opinion from across the boutique, lifestyle and luxury hotel sectors, along with thought-provoking interviews with industry leaders. My name's Eloise Hansen, editor at BHN and host of this week's episode. This time, I'm speaking with Mark Henderson, Yotel's VP of Technical Services to talk about the group's use of modular construction within existing and future properties, the opportunities and challenges of building modular projects and why there is increased appetite for them. Thank you, Mark, for finally finding the time to sit down on my podcast. It's an absolute pleasure to have you on today. I would like to kick off with quite a large question about how Yotel is actually using modular construction um, to develop its sites. Yeah, um, firstly, thanks for having me, Eloise. Um, it's nice to be on at long last. Um, yeah, so, yeah, obviously at Yotel, there's a um, uh, kind of a preconception that we are a uh, entirely modular kind of um, pod brand, which is slightly misguided. Um, it is a bit of a preconception, but it's um, it's not entirely true. It's true that we we do look to use modular where we can. It's... it's um, as an idea, using modular is obviously great for, for the benefits in terms of quality, um, you know, cost assurance, um, site safety, uh, all those sorts of positive. Um, but obviously what modular is and how it, how it uh, breaks down can be many things across a wide range of scales. So it can obviously be from your modular from, you know, entire sections of buildings and rooms. Um, all the way through to, you know, you can consider FF&E and, you know, um, uh, multiple formats of the same design reproduced in in that scale all the way through so it's we, we do try and look at all all aspects of what we do with the hotel to try and find efficiencies that's what we're all about as a brand you know it's about trying to be smart and and interesting but also efficient um in terms of kind of yotel's history of, of modular itself we we started off with the yotel air brand um in the airports using uh, kind of prefabrication really not full modules but more like panelized um manufacture um a lot of that is down to and, and it's a real tough school to be honest to to learn a lot of these <clears throat> difficult lessons by working within airports um which is where the brand started off at uh, many many years ago in Gatwick initially um but when you're working within airports you do have um increased cost working airside you have increased security issues you've got permitting issues um ultimately the the landlord being the airport um in most cases um you know, have very strict um, working uh, regulations, etc. So the idea of using, uh, doing as much as you can offsite is obviously very logical. Um, but in doing so, you then have to make sure you can get it into the space and into the airport. So it's, that's where the, that kind of balance came from initially by doing stuff panelized and not, you know, huge um, entire module format. Um, so we, we had a lot of experience with that initially. Um, I think then uh, as we started to roll out over the past few years, it kind of, it depends on market, it depends on ownership group, it depends on site context, you know, all the factors everyone's aware of as to whether modular is the right answer. Um, mm -hmm. I think for ground, I think for ground up construction, um, we, we believe it is, we believe it is, um, you know, it, it doesn't improve um, construction in city centres, it, it reduces wastage, disruption on site, all the things I've already mentioned previously. Um, but it, like we say, it's not always the right the right answer. And I think actually, 
kind of going to my, my, my point about um, the scales of modular and how it can range from macro to sort of micro and, and much smaller um, efficiencies. We, we are obviously aware that, that many are that, um, you know, 80% of buildings that exist uh, now um, will have been built in, 20, in 2050. Um, so it's, we've got to bear that in mind. It can all be, you know, off, off-site ground up construction. It's not necessarily the right thing to do to go demolishing buildings, to go putting in, um, you know, modular entire new builds. Um, mm. We have to look at hybrid methods of working. We have to look at efficiencies in doing so and improvements to the existing um, cityscape. So I think that being, that being said, and probably waffling on about it a bit, our, our relationship with Modular as a, as a company has definitely evolved. Um, we've been through the panelization and, and learning at early doors um, and the right scenarios. Uh, our Yotel Amsterdam property was um, all of the room uh, components were entirely modular, built 40 miles away and craned into site with only the public areas and back of house built on site. Um, so we've been through that learning lesson and evolved a lot of our standards for that. And now we're kind of moving beyond that to be able to, to do that if it requires, but also apply what we've learned um, in much smaller scale and refurb and, and, and finding ways of, of, of adapting to the new world, I guess. Mm -hmm. You highlighted it um, quite early on in this conversation, Mark, that Yotel is often perceived as having quite a strong modular construction pipeline when actually you've just said there it's been an evolving learning curve and, and not all properties do take on that um that approach or that method so with that in mind then um what proportion of yotel's upcoming supply is modular and what opportunities does this present for the brand in terms of scale yeah so Currently, of our pipeline going forward, we see about about a quarter to a third probably being modular. Um, of that, um, Yotel Air picks up probably half of that um, in terms of the Yotel Air brand itself. Um, for the reasons I mentioned earlier, you know, when you when you're working in airports, it's the logical thing to do, but it's a very intensive process to work out the right, is it full modular, is it panelized, and, and where's it shipping from, and, and who's doing the final install, all those complications. Mm -hmm. um, of the others, uh, many of them are, um, are projects that we've had, um, you know, signed and ongoing for a while, and to be honest, the way we sort of see going beyond now, um, you know, there's definitely a shift in possibly how uh, construction is, is undertaken, not, not undertaken, but the kind of deals that can be financed probably is probably the better term. The kind of, the kind of projects we're seeing coming to market, um, more uh, realignment, rebranding, uh, like you said, of, of the Cubic Hotel in Manchester, which was an important one. Um, and that was the second of our um, now three hotel, hotel specific conversions we've done. We did one in Washington, DC. Um, a couple of years ago, obviously we did Manchester recently, and then um, the East London Hotel in Shoreditch as well was was another. Um, and and when you know when you're looking at these, I mean the, the Cubic Hotel had um, actually offsite pod bathrooms already. That was a, a real Cubic design driver that we obviously looked at looked at when we took the um, looked at taking the property over. Um, it was done for the right reasons, and you know it's it's a fantastic, um, fantastically innovative way of doing what they did. Um, but we weren't about to start, you know, 
either ripping that out and redoing anything or you know it, it, it was a great concept and it worked so we wanted to make that adapt you know for us um so we you know we we very much take it in-house and see how we can um you know bring the hotel to an asset like that with with that pod bathroom to it already um so it's not to say that we um that we are you know turning our back on modular by any stretch of the imagination it's absolutely at our core um all of our brand standards developed around um modular construction um the room sizing is all based around being able to have room corridor room module on the back of a, a truck um it's a very very specific um way of uh going about setting out a hotel and it's very efficient um but if we were to sit there and just wait for new ground up projects to come along not only would they be few and far between but i don't particularly see it as being the most sustainable um and sensible um business decision to to build a brand so um, that's why we have to be more creative in in how we do it moving perhaps to talk about this creative slant i've heard that um, supply chains and, and development pipelines have largely been under pressure due to um, disruptions rising costs etc so to what extent has this been affecting Yotel's development pipeline? Oh, I mean, massively. Um, you know, for the uh, for the past two or three years, I'd say now, um, almost every conversation I've had with anybody in any corner of the industry um, has had supply chain disruptions, rising costs. Um, you name it. It's not it's not something that's just turned up. Um, so I think it's been it has been very, very fascinating to, to, to be a part of and to, to witness it. And it's, I won't like, at times it can make it difficult, but um, I think the, the, the most insightful thing I've seen is, you know, so there's, there's been this, you know, for many decades now, this, this real rush for globalization and, you know, cheaper and mass produce and everything, which is, um, which, you know, that's capitalism essentially. And that's, that's what we're all part of. Um, however, we've been seeing very much in this last sort of two to three year trend that reliability um, and locally um, sourced is not only, you know, speaking very broadly here is not only probably the right thing to do um, in terms of, uh, you know, sustainable approach, but it's also the right thing to do for investors, for their money, for their, you know, for time, for the, the betterment of the project. Um, you know, it, it might be slightly more expensive to source things locally, um, but it might mean that, uh, like I say, your, your program's less um, susceptible to being jeopardized by shipping times. Your costs are less likely to fluctuate with um, costs of shipping and, um, you know, labor issues in, in, in other markets and other countries. Um, and it's, yeah, it's something that everyone's been seeing. You know, I mean, the, the cost of the cost of shipping containers has been fluctuating from, you know, uh, sort of 3000 percent and just insane figures you know it's you can't you know and and kind of within the space of two weeks or or one week and you, you just can't base um huge orders on 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 that that basis and and ensure that you stick to, to your cost plan and your program so i think it's been interesting that we're now able to um look at local much more locally sourced in each market and that's what we work really hard on especially with our local partners and ownership groups to find different supply chains um 
and try and um, try and make sure that we're you know what we're not impacted by that. Mm -hmm. This next question will feed into what we were talking about pre-call, pre-podcast about how can modular hotels help to improve efficiency without compromising on that quality? Well, it's, I mean, you know, I'm an architect by background and this is, you know, the modular debate on, on quality, uh, you know, and um, just being boring and dull is a conversation that's been going on for many, many decades. Um, and I think, to be honest, the the benefit of, of one of the many benefits of modular um, is quality. Um, it's been able to make sure that quality is is um, maintained and monitored off site, and it is also in efficiency in wastage and um, and uh, and in time as well. So I think. The, the idea that in some way quality is lost is is incorrect um i think it's probably the opposite but i, I, I get what people say uh, or what people mean about it and it is the idea that people like things to be slightly unique um and individual and you know an element of bespoke and um, crafted and, and manufactured and that's absolutely fine but you, you can you can bring that in you know there's ways of doing that and bringing crafts into um in you know it doesn't have to be in the actual building itself you can you can layer it up with with furniture and decorative elements internally to to give that that real quality or local or craft or bespoke made feel whatever you want but in terms of actual architecture of modular you know it has come on leaps and bounds in uh you know many people are doing it now many different types of factories are doing it you know you traditionally it used to be a load of you know, caravan manufacturers up on the east coast of, of the UK were, you know, turn the hand to doing it. And, you know, now it's a, it's a huge, huge um, business. And, you know, all the big house players have got a bit of a monopoly on, um, you know, the manufacturing of that. Um, and it's, you know, like anything, once there's investment in it and there's, there's a taste for it, it, it improves and it changes and develops much like electric cars and, and whatever else. So I think, it, I think the... Um, the idea that modular construction ends up being boring and dull is uh, is is not necessarily the case. Um, I've seen some pretty dull traditionally built buildings as well. Um, so I don't I don't think it's uh, it, it's alone in, in in that. But the um, I mean our Yotel Amsterdam building is um, you know a prime example where you know it's it's overclad with recycled aluminium cladding and it, you know it it looks like you know, um, a series of, of boxes put together, you know, in its crudest form, but it's done elegantly. It's done um, in keeping with its context. You know, it's in the warehouse district of Amsterdam Nord. It's very much um, sat within within the right kind of positioning and context. And it's been done um, um, cleverly. And, it, it, you know, it's beautiful in, in how it's been executed. Um, so there's no way you can look at that and say it's, uh, you know, it's either or it's not of quality or it doesn't look look good so um what trends do you believe are leading to the increased demand for this type of construction um i think it's i mean the old the old comparison between modular and traditional build was always uh cost and program and it was always did the two could the two ever ever sort of marry up um you know to justify offsite and and it and also it was the, the final thing being confidence you know in in ownership groups to 
to proceed on that basis. Um, I think post-war, uh, you know, modular and, and prefabrication of it's well documented did no favors. You know, it gave people a lot of um, preconceptions of of what it is and what it what it was. Um, but I think now um, there's there's a couple of things. Obviously, um, in terms of uh, climate awareness and sustainability, um, people's awareness of wastage um, is has, has never been greater. Um, I think not only is it just that awareness, but it's the fact that, you know, construction companies need to be reporting back. They need to be hitting certain targets. Um, you know, site safety is, is ever improving. And, you know, to improve further, it can only really be happening by making sure you you control as much of the, the dangerous and difficult process as possible. Um, the, the cost and expense of manufacturing in um, cities, you know, with permitting, road closures, time on site, you know, craneage, all these, all these difficulties, um, you know, are, are getting even more onerous and taking more and more time. So I think they're not necessarily trends, but I think it's all the all the original factors that would decide one or the other are kind of all playing further and further into the hands of modular being or trying to do as much more of a controlled environment say is 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 the right route and that's kind of the trend um going going that way um i think like i was also saying about um more people being more comfortable with it um and uh having more awareness of it there's, there are more companies coming into the into the market for it. So we're you know we're not just seeing, you know, the larger um, modular prefabrication companies like the Polcom or anything like that. We, we're seeing we're seeing smaller groups becoming specialists in the bathroom fields and going beyond that to doing partial rooms. You know, um, and uh, and that's kind of really exciting for us as Yotel that we're able to see that with um, for Yotel Air and other another. Uh, refurb projects we can start to look at different kinds of um routes for pre prefabrication and different groups that we can work with on that um you know a lot of, a lot of expanding into that space even the likes of um Porsonosa and some of those guys you know they're, they're starting to do push beyond just um certain products they're starting to you know go wider and wider into into how much of that modular and prefabrication can they um market can they uh, pick up on so it, it, it you know the, the trend being um what i forementioned uh and a taste for, and an appetite for it means that there's there's greater options greater opportunities greater scope um but like i said that is also uh having to evolve and become much more creative in its ability to be adapted to existing buildings and refurbish and, and repurpose existing buildings because fundamentally that's what we're going to have to be be all becoming experts at and, and, and better at wonderful stuff thanks a lot mark thank you for taking the time to speak with me today and best of luck for 2023 no problem thank you very much Thanks for listening to the Boho News podcast. If you'd like to keep up to date with industry news, head on over to boutiquehotelnews.com and subscribe to our weekly newsletter.